Hello, and welcome to the Oracle of Light. I'm Shauna DeMellon. I'm a lifelong medium and certified life coach. And making the connection with the afterlife has brought me the greatest joy. Since losing my son, Jack, I have navigated grief, heartache, and despair. And it was through connecting with my son on the other side that my heart began to heal and I was able to find joy and meaning in my life again. Now, I'm inviting you into this space as I explore the afterlife, the grieving process, and rebuilding after loss. If you'd like to discover the spirit world and how to move through the loss of a loved one or child, you have come to the right place. This is the Oracle of Light. Thank you for listening to the Oracle of Light. I am your host, Shauna DeMellon. And today I have with me a very special guest. I have Brittany Rathke. I think I got that right. Got <laughs> okay, perfect. Thank you so much for joining us. I love your work. I was on Instagram and somehow I, I always go down a rabbit hole somewhere and I find these incredible people and it's like, who is this? I have to connect with this person. And I love the work that you do. Everything with the understanding heart. And I just, I love that you, you write about everything that you've experienced with child loss and, and your journey. And I'm, I'm just so excited that you're here today. So thank you for joining us. Uh, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. That's very sweet. I appreciate your kind words too. So I would love, love for you to share with our listeners, your story, and of course, everything about your sweet Anthony. Thank you. Um, yeah, so I'll kind of start off. Um, you know, obviously I do have um, uh, an Instagram account as well as a blog called The Understanding Heart. I started it about a year and a half ago and it kind of just came from the place of, I did have a miscarriage in January of 2020. Um, and as Shauna mentioned, I named my baby Anthony. Um, and I just realized that this is something that's so common and um, I will share a bit about my experience, but there are just... Um, my husband and I went through a really difficult time after the miscarriage as if it isn't difficult enough to lose, um, to lose a pregnancy, to lose a child, however you want to view it. Um, our experience with the people that were supposed to be taking care of us afterwards was, was really difficult. I was grateful enough to find like an online community. I felt like, um, I, I listened to a lot of podcasts after I was going through the grieving process and, I saw a lot of blogs. I saw mainly was on Instagram, um, just kind of digging to find things that I could relate to. And um, I was very shocked, but honestly, at the same time, not surprised because of how common it is with just how many women specifically, but families as well that have gone through what we have gone through. Right. So I decided kind of, you know, I let it kind of simmer. Um, and I decided maybe like a I think almost a year and a half after my loss that I was like, you know, I think it's time I create a space of my own. And uh, so that's kind of where it came from. I love that. I love that. It's just so beautiful. And now would you share with us what the understanding heart means? Where does that come from? 
Yeah. So um, it actually was something that my grandfather, who was also named Anthony, and ironically enough, the day we're podcasting, it uh, he passed away three years ago today. Oh my God. Um, yeah. Isn't that wild? So um, unfortunately he uh, had a really intense bout with dementia for a while, but my grandparents were always very uh, big fixtures in my life. And so he always would say, you got to have an understanding heart when he was talking about people. And he's old school Italian guy. Um, every Sunday we go over to my grandparents' house and he'd be sitting at the head of the table and would have a story to share. And it was always, he was such a good storyteller. And we were all just like, we would, we would hang on to his every word. And I remember, I mean, I remember his little, uh, his little like speaking tendencies and with the way he would go da 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 and just kind of really all the tiniest things I just was like so into it even as a young child and so um he always just knew that you had to understand that everybody was going through something that you couldn't see um and he passed that down to my mom and uh, my mom always instilled that in me growing up and when I was thinking about okay I want to create this space what do I want to name it this just kind of felt like something that made sense to me. Um, when I came up with the name of Anthony, it wasn't necessarily anything. Oh, it's if after my grandfather, it made sense to me. I always loved that name and I love him very much, but um, it just hit me. And I'll, I might describe that in my story in a bit, but um, so I, I feel like it was kind of just in a strange way, very meant to be that this space kind of, has a little nod for the impact he had on my life, but also just the fact that it's about listening to other people. And it's about listening to the stories of women, the stories of families, men, you know, who have gone through pregnancy loss and all the details that, you know, they wouldn't normally get to share with people because people sometimes don't know that you want to talk about these babies too. You know, even though I was pregnant, like I, I have been pregnant two times, you know, everyone only talks about the one where I had a living child at the end of it with my daughter. And it's like, I would love to speak about the 10 weeks and five days I had with Anthony. So the understanding heart is really just about listening. It's kind of an homage to my grandfather. Uh, and it all kind of connects in some really fun way. <laughs> oh, I love that. Thank you for sharing that. That is just, I love that when I, I was, when I was, uh, looking through all of your, all of your, all of your content, I was looking through everything. like, <laughs> wait a minute, the understanding hard, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I thought, oh my gosh, we have to share that with everyone. I think that that's just so beautiful. And what a beautiful legacy. What a beautiful way to honor his his life and his contribution. And I agree. I mean, everyone is going through something. Everyone has a story. Everyone, everyone, everyone has something tucked inside that they don't want to talk about. Mm -hmm. You know, and some of us have more things than others. And you know, pregnancy loss is one of those things. I mean, we chatted about that last week and it's, um, the work that I do is, is, is similar. It's, it's creating a space to honor that loss, honor that child, that, that child will always be a part of you. You will always be that child's mother. And, you know, we talked about this as well, about how people don't really know what to say. And sometimes they say such awkward, strange things, and, <laughs> yes. right? We talked a bit about that and it's, it's, I find to this day, I'm still sort of baffled by why people say the things that they do. I know that sometimes they they want to say something. They don't want to just stay in silence, but it's just, yeah, it's like, okay, okay that's, that's really what you said. Because 
what you touched on earlier was, you know, you have a living child. And so a lot of people would say, well, you know, you be thankful you have Emma Mm -hmm. and she's so amazing. And, you know, it just Mm -hmm. wasn't meant to be. And it's just after a while, it was like, I don't want to hear, I don't want to hear anything about it. And, you know, I've shared this before. I love the work of Brene Brown. She always says, you know, people have to earn the right to hear your story. And so mm-hmm. quickly after I lost Jack, it was, I don't think I can share with that person. I don't feel good when I share or I talk about it with that person. And then finding your tribe. And I mean, for me, it's been 10 years. And so now it's, everyone is talking about it and everyone is willing to be vulnerable. I won't say everyone, but it's just the people that are brave enough to step forward and say, hey, this happened to me and and I want to share with you and I want to create a safe place for people to share. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Like it's just, it, I think it's just so, so powerful. I know, would you share a little bit more about what happened that day? What happened leading up to that day? If you're comfortable, everything that you'd like to share? Of course. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so as uh, I mentioned, this was my first pregnancy. Um, I now have a living daughter, but this was all happening right right before COVID hit, um, very closely before then. So it being my first pregnancy, I was, you know, my husband and I were like over the moon excited. Um, we have been trying for a few months. And so we were just so grateful that we had got the positive pregnancy test. Um, and everything about the pregnancy pretty much was, I would say pretty normal run of the mill. Um, up until there were like a few points that I was just like, this certain things don't make sense. We went to one of our ultrasounds and we, you know, heard the heartbeat, but the heart rate was like 86 beats per minute, which if you've, you know, been lucky enough to be pregnant before, you know, that that's not very high. So I asked about it and I said, this, this normal. And everyone said, yeah, yeah, everything's fine. Okay. So, um, the next thing was kind of close to the end of my first trimester my symptoms started going away. I was very sick, very tired, you know, your kind of standard pregnancy, uh, pregnancy symptoms. And again, reached out to my doctors about it. And they said, Oh, you're at the end of the first trimester. You should be feel lucky because you're not feeling as sick as you were. So enjoy it. And I'm like, okay, sounds great. Um, and then the, the final thing of course was the biggest one is at nine weeks and six days, I started to bleed. So this was two days after Christmas. Um, and kind of around the nine week mark was when my nausea started to go away. My, the, the symptoms started to fade. And so when I started bleeding, I honestly, I wasn't surprised because I knew bleeding was pretty normal in pregnancy, but it was almost like straight through you're out. I'm like, "Mm, this, this isn't good. So my husband um, and my mom and I actually went to the emergency room together um, and we were there for like six hours. While we were there, we had the first of many unpleasant, <laughs> I guess it's the nicest way I can put it, um, interactions with uh, an ultrasound tech in this case, but medical professionals in general, unfortunately, in our in our case, Um where we were having an ultrasound and this woman was scanning, scanning, scanning. Of course she can't say anything. Mm. And I said, you know, I, listen, I, I know this isn't great. Uh, We've been here for four hours now. Can you can't tell me anything right now? Like she wasn't even sharing that she couldn't hear a heartbeat or she could or whatever. And she said, no, you know, you have to wait for the doctor to come in and, you know, stories like yours, they typically don't have a happy ending. And then she kind of just ended 
the conversation and like kind of scurried out of the room. Like she was so uncomfortable that she was trying. And it was, it was just like, I was completely speechless. I, I said to my husband, I'm like, did she just tell us we had a miscarriage and no one else is telling us because this is ridiculous. Um, and again, that was just unfortunately the first of many very disappointing interactions. So we ended up that day getting the diagnosis of basically I had a subchoronic hemorrhage and a threatened miscarriage. So I was told to be on bed rest um, and pelvic rest for pretty much the whole week um, up until we could figure out what was going on. We were visiting my parents for Christmas in the Cleveland area in Ohio. Um, and we lived in Southern Ohio at the time. So thankfully I'm a teacher. So I had this whole week off in between um, Christmas and New Year's because I I do not know how I would have been able to go into my classroom in front of my students um, and just act like everything was okay. But many teachers, many teachers do that. Um, and during this time, we were trying to get not only in contact with my doctors, but also I was promised at the ER that they, they would be able to send the ultrasound that they did and all of the experience, like the medical records that they received from our ER visit to my doctors because they had the same medical system. Mm -hmm. They didn't, they never exchanged and never connected. And my doctor refused to pick up the phone and refused to call me back. I called countless times. I just needed to speak to somebody. I was not bleeding as I wasn't bleeding continuously. I was okay, but I was like, something is not right with my baby. Something is not right with this pregnancy. I need support. And thankfully the people around me were being extremely supportive. I was so grateful that I was with my family when I very well could not have been when it happened. Um, my husband was very supportive and of course is still supportive to stay with all of this. But um, I mean, my friends knew what to say. It was very much getting the support from our, um, I don't know, our village, I guess, if you want to call it that, but not from the people that were supposed to take care of Anthony, which hurt. And being that this was my first time, I was like, am I being too overzealous about this? Am I being too much? Am I calling too much? And I didn't know how to advocate for myself as a pregnant woman. So eventually after a bunch of back and forth, um, we managed with my doctors to schedule an ultrasound on January 2nd. And of course we went in on January 2nd and we found out that there, there was no baby there pretty much. Um, and that was at 10 weeks and five days. And so to me that, even though I started bleeding earlier to me, that's, that's when we lost him. And I know it was probably like over the span of that week. Um, and in that time, I mean, it was, it was so difficult, of course, to see the ultrasound, nothing there. I mean, hear that there was nothing there, but I just kind of knew that that's where this was going. My husband, unfortunately, it, that was kind of the first time he really realized it. And that was very difficult for him. And so in that moment, I was more so like comforting him. Mm -hmm. um, and it made me realize just how much he maybe was carrying on his own. You know, I think that speaking about the way men grieve, you know, it's so different from all the women I've spoken with and from the few, and there are, there are some, um, accounts and blogs and podcasts speaking about men's grief in pregnancy and child loss. It's just, it's just different sometimes and that's okay. And there's, there's nothing wrong with that. And I had to, over the next few months, learn how to navigate my husband's grief as well as my own. Mm -hmm. And I felt like 
this was a very unique loss because I don't think there's any other, I don't think there's any other death experience in our, you know, in in our existence where you grieve alongside somebody else because you created something together. Obviously, if you have a sibling and you lose a parent, like obviously that's every, every child has a different relationship with their parent. And so it's going to look different for everybody. Same with grandparents. And, but when you lose a child, it just feels like, it's just like a part of you. It's just very, very unique. So, um, and I was a little tangent. It's perfect. It's perfect. It's, it's true. It, it, yeah. I've often said to people, you know, I've, I've lost other loved ones over the years, mm-hmm. um, but losing a child, there are not enough emotions you can describe it with. There are not enough feelings or not enough words. It just, it, it's, it's, it's a completely different experience. Yeah, I guess. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and just the way, the way that everybody grieves, grieves is different. Um, and you, I think because you lost the same thing, you expect the other person to grieve the same way. And that's just not true. And I don't think anybody could have told me that in the moment and no one did, you know, <laughs> but I don't think anybody could have told me that I had to learn it on my own. Um, I find that so fascinating. I, I, are there any, can you, can you give us any, are there any big ways that, that you, re- you realize that your husband was grieving differently? Is there anything that you saw that was, wow. Okay. That's different. Yeah. Um, so probably the biggest way was obviously I was, uh, crying quite a bit. I mean, I'm an open book and as soon, you know, I had my DNC on a Friday and then what we found out, we, we found out he wasn't alive anymore on a Thursday, had the DNC on a Friday, Tuesday, I posted it on social media. And this is not something that everybody does, but this is just the way I, I treat things. I'm just like, this is what it is. You know, like I was pregnant and now I'm not, and I need everybody to know that. And I need everyone to understand that I'm not going to be a hundred percent in the next few months. And it was well-received. And I was grateful for that. Did not in any way expect my husband to do that. Um, he, he's like, tag me in it. You know, like he was, he was like, you know, uh, of course. And he was just as, you know, just as hurt, but he would come up to me. Like there was one time when he, we were like about to go to bed and he's like, just don't feel like I'm sleeping well. And I was like, really? And, uh, and we, I was like, talk to me about that. Like what's going on? And he's like, I don't know. I just, I just feel a little anxious and I don't, feel like, and I was like, oh shoot, you know, maybe. And I was like, do you think it's because we just had a miscarriage? And he was like, oh, you know, and it didn't even, and that's not, he's a brilliant, brilliant person, but it just didn't occur to him. You know, he's just like, man, I'm just having trouble sleeping. Mm -hmm. One of the bigger things was uh, one night we were just hanging out. We like to just like chill out, listen to music. Um, And I was in, I was in another room of our house and he came up to me and he had his phone. He goes, I need you to listen to this song. And I was like, oh, what is it? And it's a song. I don't know if you ever heard it. It's called Lady by Brett Young. It's a country oh, song. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. So um, if you haven't heard that song, you should listen to it right now. But um, he <laughs> um, he showed it to me and I heard there's a heartbeat at the beginning. And to be honest with you, it, I was like, 
it like took me off guard because when you hear that heartbeat, it is such a specific sound. It's an ultrasound heartbeat. And the whole premise of the song is for the singer, Brett Young's daughter, um, about how she could learn to be a lady by watching her mom and all this stuff. And it's very beautiful, very sweet, you know, cute little country stuff, whatever. Yeah. But my husband brought it up to me and I was like, am I going to cry? <laughs> he was like, you might. <laughs> and, and he goes, sometimes I wonder if it was a girl. Oh. And I was like, well, shoot. I just, because we didn't know the gender. Like I just kind of, I just always had a gut feeling it was a boy. I have no idea why. Um, but I, I almost felt like I had disrespected him in a way by just jumping to my own gut feeling and not being like, what did you think? And like, let's talk about it. Do we want to, because when I heard the name Anthony, it was just so, it just came out of nowhere. It was so loud to me. As soon as we were leaving the ultrasound, I was leaving the hospital and it just, he needs a name, needs to be Anthony. And I was like, okay, we're going to sit on that for a second, but that, that sounds pretty good to me. Like that sounds, that fits. And I shared that with him. And I said, I think I would like to, to name him Anthony. And he was just like, okay, you know, and I don't think that he's hurt by that to this day. I don't, I don't think that that was a big deal to him, Mm -hmm. but I realized I had never discussed that with him. And so those were just a few moments where it, kind of hit like, okay, well, we need to sit down and have a little bit more of a conversation about this. Mm -hmm. Oh, I love that. Thank you for sharing. And you know, that's in the work that I do. Yeah. I work with, I work with moms and then Mm -hmm. every now and again, there's a dad that'll sneak in on the call or there's a dad that'll join, you know, our group or, and it's, you know, it's recognizing, yeah, they've, they've experienced a loss as well. So thank you for sharing that. I think that that's so important to understand that, not only do women all grieve differently, men mm-hmm. grieve differently as well. I mean, they have a different way of processing things and looking at things and, and a loss like this impacts everyone so differently, so differently. That's and so, so you, I remember you, you shared with me that it took a, it took your doctor's office a week to get back in touch with you. Would you, yeah. would you pick up the story for us? Yeah, of course. So, um, they finally got back in touch with me. We had the ultrasound. Um, and then of course there was nothing there. And then that evening, actually I ended up, it was almost like my body knew, cause I really hadn't bled, um, between the two days after Christmas to January 2nd, I really did not bleed very much. And it was almost like my body released my, they were like, we know now, you know, that you have, a, you're having a miscarriage here it is. And I was basically passing clots from 9 PM until 1 AM. Um, I was on the toilet because I had no, I had no idea that you could go anywhere else. I don't. And that's just another thing that I didn't know until I listened to podcasts and I read stories, women being in their bathtubs or being in the shower or, um, or even women thinking to hold something underneath and catch their baby. And that could have never been a possibility for me, unfortunately, because what I ended up, I found out later that I had, it was an um, incomplete miscarriage. So basically my body absorbed um, the products of conception, my baby, whatever you want to call it. Um, and so that's why there was like essentially nothing there. Mm-hmm. So when I was passing those clots, I was 
by myself. I mean, my, my husband was in the other room, but I mean, you know, what, what is he going to do? You know, he was, he was just, he was supportive and there for me if I needed him. But I was like, I just got to do this. I just got to kind of hustle through and uh, quite literally, I mean, bear down and contract and do, and I, I was in labor and that's how I truly felt. And that's the other frustrating part of it is they all, all they tell you is that it's going to feel like a heavy period. And it most definitely does not <laughs> that if you have periods like that, you should see a doctor. It's not normal. <laughs> um, so during that time, my friend who is not only in the medical fields, but was also pregnant with me and due days away from me as well. Um, who had also had a miscarriage with her first pregnancy messaged me literally just checking in. And it was just like right place, right time thing. And, um, I said, listen, I'm, I'm actually miscarrying right now. Can you please kind of walk me through this? And thankfully she was able to take the time to do that. And she first addressed it like as a friend first, she said, I'm so sorry for your loss. I'm here for you. And then she kind of went from the medical aspect and was like, okay, here's what you can do for pain management. Um, if it gets this bad, you should go to the ER, you know, all of these things. And it's just like, I was lucky enough that that was just a, you know, a God thing, a universe thing, whatever it is just saying, okay, well, this person, you need this person right now in your life. Like not everybody has that, you know, had I not had her to speak to, I wouldn't have necessarily known that what I was doing, what was happening was normal. I know now because of all the stories I've been able to hear and listen to and engage with these women, but I had no idea. So after that whole night, the next day, I finally wake up from a call uh, from my doctor's office. And the first thing my nurse practitioner says is, what are you doing? Barely a hello. And I was like, um, I'm drinking coffee. What? What's going on? <laughs> How you doing? And she was like, stop drinking your coffee. You are getting a DNC today and you can't eat anything before. And I was like, okay, well, thank you for telling me, but I have been waiting to hear back from you. I have so many questions, so many things I need to discuss with you. Um, can you just like take a second and listen to what I have to say? And to be honest, she was pretty frustrated with the fact that I was taking up the time because on her side, it was Friday. She wanted to get me in, which is for my safety. I get that. She wanted to get me in before the weekend, which I get. However, I had waited for literally a week. I mean, from the day I started bleeding yes. and I had heard nothing. And so I was asking a few questions, you know, and here I am, I'm like, I want to know when can I get pregnant again? Because that, that might sound like, well, Brittany, that's not what we're doing here, but I, all I just wanted was to be a mom. Like I was like, gosh, I just feel like we're starting at like square one again. And it's so tough, not only just to hear that your baby died, but look what you worked so hard for, you got to go all the way back and start fresh. And it was just, that was really on my mind that I would not have a baby in July anymore. Like my whole, my whole year was just, just completely shot. So we ended up we scheduled the DNC that day. Um, and I'm very grateful I got it because physically it, it was more uncomfortable to go through what I went through the previous night, passing all the clots, um, versus basically waking up and it was over. Um, and thankfully I guess they were still 70% of 
the, the tissue, I mean, of everything left over. And so I was very grateful that they were able to get that out. I thought, I thought I passed a lot, but I guess it was just a small amount. So it's wild. Yeah. How much your body actually produces. Um, so in that, um, after, but right before my DNC, they of course made me sign like all these forms. And one of the forms they made me sign was, um, what we wanted to do, my husband and I with the remains of our baby. And there was pretty much like a little checklist. There was a death certificate. There was basically leaving the remains at the hospital. Um, there was a full, like full blown service, like funeral and everything. Um, but the one that seemed to fit the most with us was this mass funeral plot that the hospital network had just set up with a local cemetery. And they, it, there wasn't even a checkbox for it. They told us about it and they're like, this is brand new. Um, it's something that we're looking to start soon. And you, your baby would be one, basically one, one of the first ones to do it. And my husband and I just felt like that was the best option. We felt like we had lost something. We felt like he died. So I was like, well, it would be really cool to have a space where we could go, you know, visit him or something, or just to kind of prove that he was here. So this is unfortunately as if all of this wasn't so difficult, this is where the story gets very frustrating. And basically I wanted to know when the remains would be sent to this plot. And I begged multiple people from the cemetery and the hospital. I said, please, please, please. When he gets sent to the cemetery and is buried, please let me know. I would like to go visit, not even necessarily like be there when it happens, even though I would, but I'd like to go visit and just pay my respects, get some closure, whatever you want to call it. I was told by multiple people either, Hey, you should call this other person or, Hey, don't worry. I got you. And it was just so many different people. I was, I spoke to like a security guard at the hospital. I spoke to the main person at the cemetery. I spoke with, it's probably the worst one, a woman in labor and delivery who they made me call her and she was delivering a baby. And they're like, Oh, she can't get to the phone right now. And I'm like, do you know why I'm calling you? <laughs> oh my god, the time to be telling me that, but okay. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, just the full gamut. I mean, just so many people. And I kept getting the same answer, same answer. So after a few weeks, I just stopped calling. I was like, I can't, I can't be this person to keeping like, hey, where is he? Where is he? And now this this is a new service that they were yes. had just started. Okay, right, right. Yes. And so understandably so that everyone's kind of like, I don't know if you should talk to the cemetery or if you should talk to the hospital network, but try this person. Right. And so I get that. But at the same time, it was, you, you know, when I was told to reach out to certain people, I'm like, okay, well, there's probably one person I can talk to. And I, I guess there really wasn't. So... There was a day about maybe like a month later where I was sitting in my classroom during my lunch period. And I was like, I feel like I need to check in with the cemetery. I just feel like I need to just see where he's at. Mm -hmm. And I called and basically he had been buried a month prior and no one had told me. A month. A month. And it just, 
as if this all wasn't just like a gut punch. And I just felt so tail between my legs, even asking these people like, please, please, please just call me. It just felt like a huge slap in the face that no one did. So that same weekend, my husband and I kind of just like swallowed our pride and we're like, we're going to go to the cemetery. We like got flowers and everything. It was February. So it's cold in Ohio. I mean, it was like a mess and we go to the cemetery and the grave was, if it was there, it was not marked. I mean, in any way, shape, shape or form, or they did not properly show us where to go because we missed it completely. And I'm telling you, we scoured. It was an infant section. So there are very tiny graves and there are, unfortunately it was large, but I mean, walking up and down these rows and just in my head, I'm going, baby, please just show me where you're at. Please. This is a nightmare. Please just show me where you're at over and over and over again. And there was nothing there. And I couldn't, I could not believe it. I was like, how many times are these people going to, to do this to somebody that had lost a baby? So when I reached back out and kind of was like, I don't know what happened, but there is no plot as you shared, they mentioned to me that there were 14 other families names in addition to ours on this list. And I was like, how are there 14 other mothers that went through the same thing I did within the same time frame I did that don't know where their babies are? I don't feel like that's okay. And they know where they, they are. They're not with them. But the fact of the matter is a lot of people don't acknowledge the fact that when babies die and don't make it here was that they were here. And the fact that this is the one example of, hey, they, you know, they were somewhere on this earth for a second, that that was just completely disregarded, just completely gutted me. So we did not work up the courage to go back anytime soon. COVID hit. It was a whole thing. Um, And eventually I reached out close to Father's Day. They thought it wasn't marked. I got mad. It was was like a whole thing. And eventually um, I ended up, I was done. I reached out to a bunch of people and this is on Facebook. I was like, look, I have pre-written a note that I would like people to send to the hospital network explaining why this is so painful. And it was, it was well-written. It was not blaming anybody, but it was also at the same time saying, you need to do better by these families. If you're going to do this, then do it. Assign somebody, um, assign somebody this task of, okay, let's have a social worker on this case and be the, be the middleman between the two, because this going back and forth is not cutting it. And this happens so often that you would think that you would think that it would be more important. So it is marked. We finally went and visited last summer because we don't live in that area anymore. Um, So when we went back to visit some friends, I was like, I think it's time. We actually brought our daughter with us, which was um, pretty, you know, pretty significant. Mm -hmm. And the thing that was the most significant was that when we went back, um, there was Anthony's 
you know, grave that was pretty much from January 2020 to July. And then there were three more. So my heart told me that if I hadn't said anything about him, then maybe those other three wouldn't be marked. I obviously don't want them to be there, period. But we know that that's just a part of all of this. And the fact that there were there there was the acknowledgement just meant so much. And that's that's all we're looking for. You know, that's all we're looking for is to say your baby mattered. They still matter. It doesn't matter if you lost them 20 years ago, if you lost them a day ago, they're important to you. And if they're important to their mom, everyone should know about them. Absolutely. Oh, thank you for sharing that. Oh sure. my goodness. Thank you for sharing that. I love I love what you said earlier. I mean, we we are the advocate for ourselves, our body, our experience, our baby, our loss, all of it. And now can you share some different ideas and tips as to how to best support someone when they um, have lost a pregnancy when a pregnancy has, has not been viable. Yeah, absolutely. This is, um, probably one of the biggest questions I get asked mostly by, um, close friends or family that have not experienced loss themselves, um, but want to support somebody. And that is the sweetest thing. I think that there's, there are so many people that are like, listen, I, I know you went through this, I have a friend that's going through this. My sister is going through, I mean, what do I, what should I do? Yes. I, I think that even just you asking that question means the world. And obviously I'm ready to receive it and I'm ready to help somebody. Um, maybe asking your friend that just had a miscarriage might not be the best way to go. But um, I just, I think there's just so much kindness coming out and in, in the support that we're trying to create for these women and families. So I just think that's so great. But the top thing I will always say is to say something. The worst thing you can do is remain silent. And I know it's very easy as you, sh- you shared earlier, you know, sometimes we don't know what to say and we think, oh, I don't want to say the wrong thing. And that's true. There's a lot of really wrong things to say. And people said some wrong things to me. I mean, like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to beat her on the bush. I think, I think I've heard worse from other people, but um, there were definitely some tough things, but what I will never forget is the people that took weeks to reach out to me because, and I remember exactly who they were. And I, I hate that. And I don't mean to keep score like that, but I, I think um, silence is louder sometimes. I think so too. Yeah. Saying something, um, saying something like, I'm sorry for your loss. I mean, anything you would say to somebody that has lost a grandparent, a parent, a sibling, any typical loss, this is it. This is the same thing. Um, no, at least statements. Oh, at least you were only this far along or it was, or like other platitudes, like it was God's plan. It's like, no, it wasn't his plan. This was not his plan. Right. Like, like, no, it, it, and you know, and yeah. be thankful, be thankful that you have, you have Emma and be thankful that you're young enough. You can try again. Maybe you mm-hmm. can adopt, or maybe you can get eggs from somebody else or, you know, and they had all these, <laughs> it was almost like, yeah, absolutely not. <laughs> not the time. And, you know, as if these thoughts aren't already running through our heads of like, what else, you know, what we can do, but the fact that we lost our baby 
it's not gonna, it's like, Oh, you're right. I, I do have my daughter. It does make me feel better. No, but I also went through a really traumatic experience and that's completely invalidating. Yes. Invalidating. Yes. Mm -hmm. Invalidating. And, you know, I had a couple of people say, I'm not really sure what to say, Mm -hmm. but I just, I'm here and I'm sorry. And you're right. You know, it's, it's interesting because when, you know, someone loses a grandparent, that loss compared to losing a child, woo, totally different experience, right? Like it's, um, it's like, I, I, the, there's a taboo around it. Like we just, we don't talk about it. We just, you know, especially when it's a miscarriage, you know, any sort of pregnancy loss, it's like, we're not really going to acknowledge that. We're just, uh, you know, we're just going to look for solutions. We're just really not going to um, acknowledge that it was a loss. And that is so, so, so key in the work that I do with women is that, you know, it's, that was a real loss and you will always be that child's mother. That child will always be your child. And there, that connection is always there, period. I don't care what, how it happened. If it was a day, if it was weeks, I, I don't care how that happened or, or how the loss occurred. It's just, we are acknowledging it because it's real, because it's, it's a pain and it's, it's changed us. It changes us as, as it changes everyone who loses someone, but especially with a child, there's, there's something different about it. There's, it's like, it's multifaceted somehow. It's just, there's so many different pieces to it. Definitely. And, you know, similarly, when you spoke about how you don't talk about losing Jack that often, you're like, it was obviously extremely pivotal in your life and he will always be your baby, but you, you know, you don't have to talk about your loss in order for it to matter. You know, obviously here I am going, I have a whole blog and you can share your story (laughs) at the same time. No one, I know, I know plenty of people who messaged me after I had my miscarriage going, Hey, you know, a gr- girls I went to high school with that, like, I barely talked to anymore. Hey, I had a miscarriage too. I just, I just had my second loss. Oh, blah, blah, blah. And I mean, people coming out of the word woodwork saying I've had a miscarriage. I never saw it on their feed. I never, I had no idea. And I would have never known unless I had one myself. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you're listening to this going, well, I'm really not in the place to talk about it. Fine. You don't, that's totally cool. You never have to talk about it. But the important thing is that the acknowledgement of in your own heart, you have to know that this, this was your baby, you know, and, and they matter no matter what. And the experience that you went through was very real and everything that you experienced before, I mean, the pregnancy, all of it, that was, that was a real experience. And so you can treat it like that. Oh, absolutely. And I, I, I love, I love what you just said. I mean, that is just, that is so perfect. And, you know, I always tell people, I mean, I'm 10 years in, I mean, Jack would have been 10 this year. And so 10 years ago, I did not have any community. My doc, I went to my doctor and I said, I just, I don't feel good. And she said, well, sh- we should maybe put you on a, a low dose antidepressant. I said, no, I don't think that's what we need to do. And then she said, and maybe you should start, you know, maybe you should go talk to someone, go to a counselor, talk to someone about your feelings. And I'm like, if I talk to one more person about my feelings, I'm, I'm going to blow up. Like I, I said, I just, it just, it wasn't, it was like, I found a hard, it, it, I found it difficult to close the loop, so to speak. And mm-hmm. so that's why I love to create a sacred space for people. And same thing, even family were like, we had no idea. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, you know, it, it I didn't want to talk about it. I think that was part of it. It was like, it was such a tremendous loss. And it was the beginning of the end of my marriage and it impacted every aspect of my life. And so it was almost like, I need to find a way through this for me. 
And now this many years later, I mean, you know, Jack's my why. He's why I do what I do. And I teach women how to make the connection and I facilitate grief and, and I just honoring that loss, no matter what that looked like for you, that, that is a loss and everyone handles it differently. So true. And I get messages all the time now. I didn't know that you lost a son and I lost, you know, and, and yeah, it's like, and then all my girlfriends, even girlfriends that I've known for years, I had no idea that they had such losses. And so it's just, it's, yeah, it's really quite fascinating when you start to look at it because it's just, it's this, it's like society kind of has this, well, it wasn't real. Mm -hmm. let's just get over it. Let's, let's just not talk about it. And I don't know if I shared this with you before. My grandmother had had, um, um, several babies that she had lost. And I remember someone said after the last baby that she had lost, that she was never quite the same. And it was like every year that anniversary would come up and she would just, she just wasn't herself. And they would say, she's in one of her moods. And it's like, no, she has had a tremendous loss and this is traumatic. And women who have had miscarriages, who have lost pregnancies, who, you know, have had these experiences. I mean, they're coming out with more information every day about this. I mean, the effects of it, PTSD, and our sleep is impacted. Our relationships are impacted. We are not the same people anymore. I used to tell people that. It's like, I'm not the same person I was before I, uh, yeah, before Jack, I'm not the same person. And it's, it's incredible how it really changes you. And now something I wanted to, to chat with you about was the, the toxic positivity. (laughs) (laughs) I love this. When I read this on your blog, I was like, this is so good. good." (laughs) Yeah. I mean, there's just so much, I mean, this kind of goes back to what we were just speaking about of like what to say and what not to say. I mean, the, you shared at least you're young and, um, you have your daughter and all of these things where it makes perfect sense to automatically go, okay, here's the bright side. And I think that that's like human nature to just automatically say, Hey, you don't have it so bad. And like, sure, that's okay. And I think it's important in these dark moments that we think about, of course, all the good things we do have, but ask any lost mom after you lose your baby, you're not really looking for a bright side. You're just angry and you're just, you're allowed to be, and you can be angry for as long as you want. I know there's a lot of women I follow that. I mean, they've had, they've had some time in between their loss and they are still pissed. I don't know if I can say pissed. <laughs> My mom doesn't oh, yeah, like We that. just said it. I think I dropped an F-bomb a few months ago. <laughs> it's like, fine. It's oh, fine. okay. Whatever. It's what a, is that? We can't cut okay. that out. Okay. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> but they're still in, it's like, it's okay. I get it. Okay. Um, yeah. And, and they're just not in the space to be, oh, I guess it's going to be okay. Like there, there is a time and space for hope mm-hmm. and it's very difficult to find when that is for a specific parent that went through pregnancy loss. I'm right now I'm, I'm doing it's um, pregnancy after loss awareness month um, it, all of March. And I'm featuring stories about pregnancy after loss because as difficult as pregnancy losses, which is I, what I talk about all the time, um, pregnancy after loss is very unique and scary in its own right and has so many different emotions. And 
I'm fully aware that some women right now maybe have muted me, um, which I respect because they just can't be in this, in this place of like hope. Um, and I, I, I share those stories not to be like, everything's going to be fine. And everyone gets their rainbow baby because not everybody does. And it's, I, it's almost to the point where even on my own, on my own account, I feel uncomfortable sharing about my daughter because I know, I know I am in a place of extreme. I, I mean, that doesn't happen for everybody. And I know that. And I, I don't take one day for granted. I am very aware of how lucky I am to have her. And when I tell you, I think about that every single day, I think about it every single day, even when she's a pain in my butt. Um, <laughs> how old is she? How old is she again? Two. So two. Oh, we're, fun. Two. we're in it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's all good. But, you know, and I, it's not lost on me that I know that there's plenty of women that would love to be in the trenches and that are still, you know, waiting, waiting, waiting. So I think this, this idea of will just be positive and you'll get through your infertility or just be positive and you'll feel better about your, your stillbirth, your miscarriage. It's just not something that women are all in the space and you have to be ready for if they come back at you, like, I don't want to be positive and you have to be ready for the range of emotions. They're going to feel. If you say, can you tell me a bit about your baby? Because I think a lot of women want to speak about their babies. I think some don't, but even if it's just, well, I named them this and they were born this day, or maybe you'll get, okay. So I found out I was pregnant on this day and like the full, you'll get the full gamut, but the response cannot be, oh, well, they got really mad when I talked about that. Yeah. Because you're telling them at least you should be positive or at least you should do this. It's not, not the time. Although like, it's not it. And like you, you'd mentioned earlier, it's invalidating, it's invalidating their experience. And like, we go back to the understanding heart. I mean, everyone has a story, everyone has hurt, everyone has something that they're working on or working through. And, and when you lose a child, it's, there's so much that comes with it, right? It's, I know I went through the, well, if I'd done this sooner, if I've done that, and maybe I should have not, but maybe I waited too long and maybe, and and, da, 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 and maybe it was something wrong with my body. And, and maybe it's because I am a bit older and I went through that whole gamut. And then it was after the, after it was, oh my God, like, how do I, how do I, it's like my whole life was like a deck of cards and it was just blown up. And then it was wow, some of the pieces came back, some of them I've never seen, <laughs> some, and we've got new pieces that have come in. And it's really navigating all of that. And, you know, there was, I was chatting with uh, a girlfriend of mine. And, you know, we were talking about the idea of that eventually you get over it, you know, you just you get over it, you move on. And it's, it's so fascinating, because it's, it's not like something that I talk about all the time now. I mean, I've always been very, very, very closed with it. It's just I've always kept it very close to my heart, because I think it just it, it not only shattered my heart, it just, again, it, it basically started to crumble the family and it was just, oh my goodness. And so at a point it was like, I, I, I can't keep talking about it and function at the same time. I did, however, learn that joy and grief coincide. <laughs> and I did, yeah. I was able to learn that that dance was normal and that it was okay. And I love that you said about anger. I, it's like, I had to give myself permission to be angry. I was angry at myself, angry at my body, angry at the doctors, angry at my ex-husband. I was angry at God. I was angry at everyone. And it really shook my faith because I thought, why would you do this? Why, why would you 
have such a beautiful blessing and then take it and why what you know and so my mind went into a myriad of different directions with it and it was like oh my goodness and like 10 years ago we didn't have a community we didn't have instagram we didn't have everyone being vulnerable and courageous sharing their stories and and making it relatable to people and i hear what you're saying and you know and with the work that i do i i will say i will say to some people I'll say, you know, this isn't to negate the loss or the pain that you're experiencing, but suffering is a choice. Mm-hmm. And now we can get up and we can choose to be angry and we can choose to feel the gamut of the emotions. Mm-hmm. And maybe one day when you're ready, you can choose to find a bit of joy, find something that brings you happiness, something that brings your heart a little bit of peace. Maybe there's just a little sprinkling. Like I like to plant seeds and and again, I tell people I'm 10 years in. So those first few years, I was a mess. Like just, you, I, I didn't wear mascara. I've shared that on so many shows. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know when I was going to be triggered. And so again, the toxic positivity. And, you know, my husband at the time, he was like, Meh, wasn't meant to be. Are we having chicken for supper? Like that was it. Like there was no discussion. And so I think that it's, I love what you shared earlier about, you know, men grieve differently. And I, I love that you know, I love that you shared a bit of that for us, because I think, I think men sort of get forgotten over here. Like they're not, I just contributed the sperm and Mm -hmm. that's it. That's all I did. But no, you, you created a life with, you know, with your partner. Yeah. There's something to be said about obviously it happening directly to the woman. And I think that that's probably why we carry it so, so much, I don't want to say more heavily than men because I don't want to speak. I don't want to speak for them. I I think that your body keeps the score and we remember the contractions. We remember the, the bleeding. We remember if you had a stillbirth, I mean, the actual physical labor of being in the hospital, being, I mean, all of, all of the above. And with men, they are, it's kind of almost like an out of body experience. Like they're watching this happen from a different perspective and they're worried about their partner. They're worried about, um, you know, and I guess, you know, it's not necessarily just men. It's non, it's non-birthing partners. They're just worried about what's happening to two people that they love very much. And, um, I think there's something to be said about the fact that yes, it's happening directly to the women. And so I think that that's why we, we carry it a little bit more heavily than men do, but I think that there's also something to be said about, okay, well, there's the other side of it too. Like there's something that we're not getting because they, we weren't watching ourselves go through it. We were just feeling it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and like what you said, I mean, I, I can only imagine how, I can only imagine how, um, how a man would feel watching his partner go through that and to feel helpless. Like yeah. they're not able to come in and solve it or, you know, come up with a game plan. Let's strategize and we'll do this and we'll do that. And they just, you know, to, to be helpless in that, in that situation. I love that you create a space. So families know that their pregnancy matters and their baby. I just, I love that. What, what is your, what is your, um, what is your plan moving forward with, the understanding heart. What does that look like? Man, I don't know. I I really started this because I felt called to do it. I have always loved writing. Um, and r- right after we went through everything we went through with Anthony, I 
wrote it all down because I I said to my husband, I was like, I have a feeling that we're going to need this someday and I'm going to use it in some way. I was like, I don't know if it's going to be a book or whatever, but I just, um, I just felt like what we went through needed to be shared. And now that it has been, um, I'm just very grateful that it, it feels like my grief has had somewhere to go. It still sits with me, the milestones, as you just shared with your with um, your grandmother, it's like those, those milestones will just completely catch you off guard um, every year, right around Christmas. It, I mean, it hits his due date in July, it hits. Um, but my, my hope is at the very least, I would love to, I would just love to continue to share stories. It would be fantastic if I were able to, you know, reach more people. Um, I you know, it's, it's like, I want to reach more people, but I don't, I don't want to have to share these stories, but we have to, because that's what makes us talk about them more. Um, so honestly, just reaching more people and I'm kind of excited just to see where it goes. I I'm really proud of what it's done so far in the year and a half that I've had it. And, um, as, as difficult as it is to read these stories, it's something very near and dear to my heart. And it's very special to me. And I'm very, very proud of it. Oh, as you should be. Thank you so much for sharing it with us. And where can people find you? How can people find you? You're on Instagram. Yes, I am on Instagram. Um, and it's the understanding heart, all one word, um, spelled as you think it should. And then the understandingheart.com. That's where you can read other women's stories. I have them categorized by, um, the, usually the type of loss or the, um, situation. We do have a category of like coping with loss. Um, I have this series I've been doing recently of women that have already written about their pregnancy loss, but then describe what life is like after, which I I think is very, very interesting. Um, and just something that's, that's really not talked about. I think the event itself, um, of a miscarriage of stillbirth is, is discussed or however, um, you know, of course all the pregnancy losses, I don't want to exclude any, um, is discussed, but, I think that uh, that's always an interesting perspective. And there's also a place to share your own story. So if you are interested, um, there's no format. You can um, email me um, and ask questions at theunderstandingheart at gmail.com um, or just send your story directly there. You can take a look at some of the other stories and see how they formatted it. Um, or you can just write and see what happens. And pretty much I'll receive those and then kind of time them out and I share them on Instagram and uh, you become really special to me because I am just so honored that there are people that are willing to say, Hey, use my baby, you know, as a way to tell other women about what this is like, because I know that I know for a fact that there's women in my life that had no idea, close friends of mine that are like, Oh my gosh, I really had no idea what you went through. I had no idea what my five other friends that had a miscarriage went through. And now I do. And now I understand. And that's, that's honestly more than I can ask for. Oh, that is so beautiful. Thank you. And we will have all of, all of your information, how to contact you and find you in the show notes. I am so grateful for uh, our time together, our chat. We could keep chatting forever. Yeah. <laughs> There's always something else we could chat about. And yes. so thank you again. Thank you for sharing the understanding heart and thank you for sharing your Anthony and your story and, um, I'm excited to see how it continues to grow as well. I think that I think that more women um, will find solace and peace um, and just that 
the the validation of of their loss of their baby of their experience their story and i think that that's just so important so thank you thank you for being here with us thank you so much thank you shauna thank you so much for having me it's been so nice to speak with you and i appreciate everything you do as well it means it means a lot to this community and a lot to the women you serve so thank you thank you thank you Brittany, for sharing your story your heart and your sweet boy anthony all of Brittany's contact info will be in the show notes. Be sure to follow her on Instagram at The Understanding Heart. You can find me on Instagram at Shauna DeMellon Medium or visit my website at livealifeyoulove.org where you'll find my offerings, including my Growing Up in Heaven program, where you'll find peace in your heart as you learn to make the connection with your child on the other side. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you next time here on the Oracle of Light.